This is Emmanuel, God with us, okay? The Word of God coming into the midst of the Komba people. Welcome to the Essentially Translatable Podcast, brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. I'm Richard Esty. And I'm Emily Wilson. And happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. In that spirit of gratitude, we are so excited to be celebrating Giving Tuesday. It is coming up Tuesday, November 29th, and really excited to be highlighting some scripture and distribution project stuff this year. Yeah, so Bible printing and distribution is our area of focus, specifically for the Shikalahari New Testament, the Quaidam Panoramic Bible, and the Komba Full Bible. Right, and uh, where are those places? Anyways? Oh, yes. Yeah. So Shikalahari and Quaidam are in Botswana, Southern Africa, and Komba is in Ghana, West Africa. And But we are actually featuring some stories from around the world for this Bible printing and distribution, just capturing some of the excitement because... As people are getting involved in Giving Tuesday this year, getting a glimpse of what is their work actually doing and being able to catch a glimpse of that, even from stories of the past. Yeah, and and there's nothing more exciting in the Bible translation world than a Bible translation dedication. So some of these dedications where there are events that sort of accelerate Mm -hmm. people getting a hold of the scriptures and starting to use them. And so that, of course, fits right in with Bible printing and distribution. Yeah. So our first guest is Jonathan Federwitz. He was a missionary pilot for over 20 years in Papua New Guinea and experienced a number of dedications. And so he sat down with us and had the opportunity to share about his reflections on Bible printing and distribution in Papua New Guinea. All right, I'm Jonathan Federwitz, and would just like to share from my experience in Papua New Guinea. I was I've been in Papua New Guinea for 23 years, and I was serving in Papua New Guinea as a missionary pilot. And so I had the privilege to go to many New Testament dedications over the years because in Papua New Guinea, we work in several hundred language groups around the country with Wycliffe Bible translators there, a partner organization and there's no roads in Papua New Guinea, or at least a lot of Papua New Guinea doesn't have roads, very remote, rugged, mountainous terrain. And so airplanes are very vital to getting missionaries uh, in and out of remote locations in Papua New Guinea. And of course, important when it's time to dedicate, you know, these New Testaments, dedicate the scriptures that are translated there, to be able to go in, uh, to bring guests in, take the missionaries in, to to have a special celebration for the dedication. And so as a pilot, it's been my privilege not only to support these language groups, but also to be there when the New Testament dedication happens, to be able to bring the guests in that come for dedication. So over the years, uh, 23 years that I worked in Papua New Guinea, I kind of lost count of how many dedications that I've gone to, but I know it was over a dozen different dedications that I've gone to. And this was always a special privilege because, you know, of course, we're there to translate God's word. And so when you see the culmination of that in a New Testament dedication, it's just so special to be able to be there, to be able to see the local people in Papua New Guinea have God's word in their own language for the first time. I'd like to share particularly about experience that I had here just a year and a half or so ago when I was able to go to the Gizra 
New Testament dedication in December of 2020. So it was right on the heels of COVID. In fact, in the midst of COVID, I would say there was kind of a lull in COVID in, in Papua New Guinea at the time. And so we were able to have this celebration, which actually was scheduled for a month or two earlier, but was delayed till December because of, of COVID. And so it was a time when there wasn't much COVID in Papua New Guinea. And so we were able to freely travel. And uh, I was able to take an airplane load of guests to the dedication. And so to get to the Gizra area, which is in southwestern Papua New Guinea, we flew on a Kodiak aircraft from our mission headquarters in Ukarampa, Papua New Guinea, flew for about an hour and a half to Daru, which is a town in southwestern Papua New Guinea. At Daru then, we transferred from the airplane to dinghies and we and our trip wasn't half over even though we were more than 90 percent of the way there but in time wise we still had to had a ways to go because on the dinghies we went down the coastline and then up a river to the village where the dedication was happening among the Gizra people and that boat ride took about two hours so an hour and a half by air then two hours by boat ride and then we arrived there and as is typical at most dedications I've gone to, there was a welcome party. They had singing and dancing, what in Papua New Guinea they call a sing-sing, which is the Papua New Guinean name for singing and dancing in, in their traditional way. And they always dress up what they call bilas in Papua New Guinea, but dressing up, you know, with headdresses and with grass skirts and different decorations on their arms and legs. And so they sing and dance and with all the, the visitors come, they put, you know, lays, flower lays over our heads to welcome us. And so we arrived on, on Friday and uh, then spent the night. And then on Saturday was, was the dedication of the, of the Gizra New Testament. The translation had taken 27 years to complete. Nico and Ellie von Bodegraben, missionaries from the Netherlands, were the ones uh, who had been working on the translation for those 27 years. So a long time to, to get God's word into the Gizra language. And so it was really neat to have a special celebration. People came from almost all the Gizra villages. So we, on that Saturday, then we had the, the dedication. There was speeches from, you know, the VIPs that were there. And there was more sing-sing, singing and dancing. There was, of course, the prayer of dedication from the Bishop of the United Church, blessing and dedicating the Bibles. And then after the dedication was over, then they sold New Testaments, you know, to the Gizra people. And they also sold um, audio Bibles, which are audio recordings of the New Testament. And so, you know, people were able to line up and, and buy those. And, and that was neat. And, and it, was, it was really neat to see people, you know, just cherish God's word in their language. This is, this is a language that never had a written form before, didn't have books in it of any kind before. And so it really gave the people value, first of all, that somebody would come and put their language in written form. It gave the people value for their language that they now had a book in their language. And this wasn't just any book, that, but this is God's word. This is, this is the New Testament. And so you could see people, you know, who 
had been Christians for a number of years, but just didn't have God's word. And you could see just the excitement and the joy and, and the treasure. And then there was people who maybe weren't Christians, didn't know anything about it, but hey, this is exciting. I'm going to get God's word too. And, and so they, they would come and buy it. And, and so it was, it was neat to see the excitement. And one of the things that showed me what a very special celebration this was is that they continued singing and dancing for the rest of the afternoon through the evening and right through the night till 6.30 the next morning, which is something special that they do whenever there's a huge thing to celebrate. And this was a huge thing. Like they don't celebrate like this often. It has to be something really special. And so in a sense, that showed how special getting God's word was to the Gizra people because this was a celebration unlike a celebration they'd had for years and years. And just to see how excited people were and just how much energy they had, just, you know, how they wanted to express their happiness and joy, just having a great time, just having a big party. The thing I love about Jonathan's story here, of course, he's a pilot in all these remote language areas on this tiny island in the Pacific, Papua New Guinea. And the only way you're going to get around is by flying. And just the difficulty then of getting to the language communities for the dedication, yes, but then for the work in the first place, too, and that commitment and dedication and and, uh, service there and all the logistics to put together to to make this launch happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And getting that reflection of that this is a party through the night, right? You know, that it's hard to come together. It's hard for having all the people in the single space. And that it's just like, while we're here, we are celebrating because we have God's word. And how long they waited for God's word. And that, you know, of all the things that we can celebrate in life, God's word is so important to celebrate and that picture of like how jonathan was talking about there's very few things that would warrant that kind of celebration and uh i don't know just that imagery um very often of how we see like people like um holding the bible to them after you know receiving it at a dedication or joy or sometimes tears the dancing is just so beautiful and i think that we can really be blessed in other parts of the world that we have had scripture for such a long time that what god's word does and how we can cherish it i think so it's a really beautiful picture of faith as well because in many cases those folks have had very little exposure to what's actually going to be inside that book right they've probably heard some snippets maybe they've heard some reviews or some allowed readings but they have tasted a little bit and they believe that what's going to be in there is good for them and it's just a like i said a beautiful picture of faith and hope in what god's word will bring right next up we have jonathan's little brother David, our West Africa Regional Director, who has some great stories from several facets of his life in Bible translation ministry. So we hope you enjoy some of David's reflections over the years. There's probably two dedications that are most prominent in my memory. One, when I was probably in eighth grade, it was the Kua dedication, uh, the Kua New Testament dedication, and it was the the Kua New Testament is the scripture that my parents were working on when for most of my childhood, 
And that was, I think, maybe the most impactful because it was the first one I had attended. And of course, I knew all the translators that were involved in the process, the reviewers of that scripture. The thing that really caught my attention was the pomp and circumstance of it all. As a kid, that was, you know, just amazing, you know, they just to be in the Kua area and see how they would do a program. And you just, you know, the festivity of the program, cutting palm branches and then weaving flowers into the palm branches. And you, you know, you have these archways that are made of palm branches woven together, kind of like braided hair. And then you've got the palm branches that are kind of fanned out, but then you've got all these colorful flowers attached to it and everything. So there was, there was that, that kind of festival, atmosphere, excitement. But then there were all the important personalities, people that you kind of, like, you know are important, like the district commissioner. And actually, we were just looking at old pictures here in the office not long ago and came across some of those pictures of the Quad dedication. And, you know, I see, you know, the district commissioner who I just thought was just, you know, he was a personality, right? And looking at him and I realize at this point in my life, I'm older than he was, you know, at the time. But, you know, he just had that kind of an authority. So you have this district commissioner sitting at a table at the dedication, and he's sort of one of the things that was part of his, I guess, a symbol of his position is he always carried an elephant tail. And so he he had this elephant tail laying on the table, you know, and that kind of signified his office and the the weight of the importance of his office. And there he is, in a you know, seated right up front in a prominent location. I don't know if he was a Christian or not, but he was there at this dedication event, and basically he was... As far as the government of Liberia, he was giving this dedication, you know, the the presence, the 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 official the officialness that came with his office as district commissioner for that area. And of course, then you have Kua chiefs and the the elders in the Kua system. Village chiefs were not like the greatest end all okay the chief elders so his sort of his body of advisors were you know and so you had at this dedication event you had elders from different villages different communities that came together for that event so it it really signified that you know just all just all the officialness from the the district commissioner who represented the government of Liberia all the way down to kind of like the local authority structures of these the Kua elders just giving this event all of the the weight and impact of their presence that was huge and then there was a Kua Lutheran pastor who he was a very prominent Lutheran pastor. At the time, he was the only Lutheran pastor. But I remember him being in the Kua area for that Kua New Testament dedication, and I remember him reading the Kua scripture and people hearing it at the dedication and the excitement of that. That was really impactful. So I think, you know, something else that was really impactful to me as a kid was to see even how the Kua people recognized the work that my parents had done, specifically my dad, but to see my dad being recognized in Liberia when somebody is recognized, 
just really appreciated and and really esteemed. They would gown you. They would put on sort of the traditional uh, Liberian gown. So I remember my dad being gowned at the dedication event, the Kua New Testament dedication event. And as a kid, you know, looking at that and, and realizing that, you know, this is my dad. This is my dad has had an impact on these people to the point where they are recognizing him for his service. You know, he's just my dad. Most of the time I'm getting in trouble, right? So so he's the one who's, you know, he's the disciplinarian, but but then to also to see that people respect him to that level and recognize what he did, that was incredibly impactful to me as a as a kid. Yeah, so I've been to a number of dedications. I'll probably um, highlight pro- the first dedication I went to as a missionary in Ghana was a dedication of a full Bible in the neighboring language, the Bimoba language. So uh, we were working among the Komba people and uh, the neighboring language, they were Bimobas. And the Lutheran Church in Ghana has a long, rich history in the Bimoba area. And so even as we began work in the Komba area, the Lutherans in the Komba area would often look at the Bim- you know, look to the Bimobas as kind of like the the older brother. You know, they had probably been Lutheran 30, 25, 30 years, you know, longer than the Komba Lutherans. And so so there was just that kind of that um just love and appreciation for them. Um as being sort of older, mature, more mature in the faith. And so I remember when the Bimoba Full Bible came out, the the Bimoba Lutherans invited us to go and, and be a part of that celebration. And so we were, I mean, we represented just a small fraction of of all the people that showed up for that dedication. And uh, I remember that dedication, it was it was at the school, and they kind of use the sort of the the porch of the school or the you know kind of the walkway of the school the in Ghana they say the veranda you know the veranda of the school sort of as the the stage area cuz it was it was probably up i don't know maybe a foot higher than the ground you know but then the rest it was a very shaded area a lot of the schools in northern Ghana have these shade trees just grove of trees cuz it's so hot and so kids, you know, during the school day, it's, it's hot. And so between classes and, and at recess or lunch or whatever, kids go out under the tree and just, it's cool. And so this whole area was shaded with trees and they just had, you know, just chairs and benches just all throughout these trees. And it was, I mean, this dedication lasted hours and hours and hours. And so we were very thankful for the for the shade of the trees. But that was, you know, it was just nice to to experience. And so it was nice for the the Comba translation team to sort of see the excitement that comes at the the culmination of years and years and years of work and to see how people responded to that. You know, at the Bimoba Bible dedication, there were, you know, numerous pastors and church leaders uh, from different denominations, all coming together, and it just was a reminder that yes, we are Lutheran Bible translators, but the Bible is not just for Lutherans. You know, it's not a Lutheran Bible. The Bible is for all Christians, and it, actually, quite frankly, the Bible is for 
non-Christians, right? I mean, that's the that's the wonderfulness of it. And so at that uh, BMOBA dedication, the, the thing that also stood out to me, I think, was the Bible sales, I guess. You know, so you have this big dedicate, you have this big program, and you have people who come up and pray, you know, different pastors who come up and pray, and you have songs, so many songs, festive songs, you know, and you have you know, different church choirs that come and sing, and you have speakers who speak, and, you know, you get government personalities like the assistant minister of something, you know, who comes, and, you know, so you have all these these speeches and personalities and, and everybody, but then you get to usually about maybe four-fifths through the program, and that's when like the Bible is revealed, and it's such, you know, there's just this, it's a such a climactic experience, because you have all these, all these prayers, and speakers, and songs, and pomp, and circumstance, and, you know, prominent guests, people who come into the occasion, they're not going to say anything, but but their presence, you know, speaks, and so you have all this happening, but it's all because you're getting ready for the climax of the dedication event where the Bible is uncovered or revealed or whatever. And I remember being at this at the Bimoba dedication and, you know, just being so impacted by by all that pomp and ceremony. But then as soon as the benediction of the dedication happens, then all of a sudden the announcement is, go and buy your Bible, you know, and then it's like all at once, everybody's attention changes from sort of the the main stage, the event, to where can I get my Bible, you know, and to, and there's the, you know, at that dedication, they had these different sales spots, you know, so that you didn't have to really wait in line too long. I mean, you, there's still lines, but there were probably, you know, four or five different locations around the perimeter grounds where you could go and buy your Bible, and you could, you know, get your brand new BMOBA Bible and carry it home with you. And that was a wonderful thing. I'm going to just take a, maybe just take a step back and maybe speak a little bit about things that are common to all the dedications that I've been a part of. English speakers have access to you. I give you that attestation. I attest that this is, this is accurate. And, you know, that was really a powerful message for him to do that. The consultant is somebody that is well-recognized in Ghana, in the Christian community, and, and so for him to do that was, was really powerful. There were a couple other things uh, related to the, the Komba New Testament dedication that, that really caught my attention, and that is every dedication I've been to always has important personalities, always. But the Komba New Testament dedication had literally over a hundred Komba chiefs with their entourages. So in northern Ghana, when a chief, like, like when a chief goes on official business out of their community to somewhere else, they go with like a number of people with a whole entourage and. Of course, there's different levels of chiefs. There's some chiefs that are more important than other chiefs and that kind of thing. And so the the higher the level of chief, 
you know, the bigger the entourage, you know, and, and part of the entourage not only is like your elders, the advisors to the chief, but you have the drummers who drum for the chief, who let people know the chief is coming and that kind of thing. And so you have all these people. I mean, there were thousands of people at the, de- at the Comba dedication. Probably, I don't think I'm exaggerating to say it's, it's the largest dedication I've been to was that Comba New Testament dedication. And so you have over 100 chiefs, uh, hun- over 100 Comba chiefs. You have thousands of people. You have gov- important government officials. You have important church leaders, you know, the— the president of the Lutheran Church of Ghana is there to dedicate the scripture. And so you just have all of this happening, and it was wonderful. At some dedications, you have—the scriptures are already on a table, and they're kind of, you know, covered with a, a cloth or something, and there's sort of like this revealing. Well, the table at the Comba dedication was empty, all right? And so there's nothing there. And this was an aspect of the dedication that I wasn't actually a part of. And so I, or I wasn't involved in the planning. And so I was like a little bit concerned, like, well, where's the Bible? (laughs) Where are the Bibles? Because, you know, sometimes, sometimes there's one Bible. Sometimes there's a whole stack of Bibles. Sometimes there's just boxes of Bibles all stacked up, you know, and there was nothing. It was just empty. I'm like, what in the world is going on? And and we're getting closer and closer. I mean, I'm looking at the at the at the kind of the agenda, and I see, look, we're getting at you know the dedication of the Bible, and I'm not seeing anybody sort of bring in the Bible. And then the drumming starts, and all of a sudden, everybody's attention turns away from the stage, and it turns towards like the main part of town. And here comes here's this drumming. And here's the thing about the drumming, is that it wasn't just any old drumming. It was drumming that belongs, like drumming that happens when an when a important chief comes, right? And there's a special, like a chief has a particular drummer and a particular drum and a particular style. And what the dedication committee had done is they had gone to one of the most prominent chief, Comba chiefs and had asked permission to use his set of drums. And they had brought those drums into the like the middle of the, I guess, the event space. They brought those drums there, and the chief's drummers were drumming, but it, the chief himself was already sitting down. He was already there. And instead, you know, here comes uh, this procession, and this procession is coming, and at the, f- at the forefront of this procession is the Comba New Testament in, in this gourd being carried by this young lady, but, sh- but she is just, like, she's just the carrier of the Scripture, and she's surrounded by all these other people in procession bringing the Scripture into the midst of all those Comba people— and it was what just kind of, in that moment, what really just sort of impacted me or what I thought about is, this is Emmanuel, God with us, God God coming, okay? The Word of God, 
all right, coming into the midst of the Komba people, and you have all these chiefs, you have all these people, and they're all seeing this, and it's all being done with this chiefly music playing, and like that was just huge and amazing, and I will never forget it. It was, it was such a wonderful experience. So I had the opportunity to sit down with David to to capture these stories. And I love, you know, it, these are different phases of his life. Right. You know, the the Kua, like talking about, you know, this is when he was a child, you know, and just experiencing the, the sights and sounds of Liberia and, and growing up in that. And also like the interaction of seeing his father and in the community was just really encouraging. And then moving on to the Bimoba of like, you know, this is as he's a newer missionary and a neighboring language community's celebration of having scripture and seeing this culmination of the dedication was just really incredible. And you could just, you could see like, you know, almost David was transported back to these, these places and spaces. And yeah, it was just so, it was so encouraging to, to be able to hear of like what God's word in their own language meant to them. Yeah. I just love the multiple ways that in different cultures, they show this is important, Mm -hmm. you know, in one putting a gown on the missionary that helped bring the translation into their language almost as an embodiment of this incarnational act was required for the word to come into our language and this person became incarnate and is indeed one of us which is you know and then you get the image of the word made flesh and then uh yeah with the the bimoba the different celebrations and things there and then the yeah with the komba just they really struck me that you know as a kid he got to see his dad be part of a scripture celebration and then the full circle one that he helped work on too and just those celebrations that attestation from someone from the outside saying you've heard of these bibles in neighboring languages but this one is is also the word of god just love the way that the word of god is shown to be important and how that finds a different expression in in each place Our next guest on the podcast is Sarah Esla, who is now a regional director, but she was reflecting on her experience with the Comba New Testament dedication in 2014 and just the the sights and sounds and experience uh, for the church as they had God's word for the first time in their own language. So my family was involved with the Comba Bible and the translation process. We spent about 10 years living among the Comba in Ghana and assisting in the Bible translation work. And it really shaped our lives. And what impressed me at the dedication of the New Testament was that it just had the flavor of being Comba that the culture that we had lived in in so many years, we saw just that impression of it. It wasn't somebody else's celebration. It was very much theirs. And you could see that, of course, in the music and the dancing and the formalities. There were lots of speeches given, which is typical of most things, at least in West Africa. And it just it just seemed to be true to context for them. And people were so happy. It was an enormous event. I think I'd gone through events throughout the years, and I think this was by far like the biggest celebration around our project. And maybe a highlight for me occurred at the very beginning. 
of the event, the New Testament was ceremonially carried into the gathering by young women, and it was in like large calabashes. And a calabash is like a gourd that has been scooped out and dried, and it's used for a lot of daily life there. I had eaten out of one and drank out of one many times. We used them regularly in our house, and here we had God's word in this calabash. And I think it struck me for two reasons. Number one was that it's just, it was such an ordinary object and it was used ceremonially. I'd seen it used in many different ceremonies, like in the funerals, but it just seemed like God's connection to something every day, something you use every day seemed really great. Then I loved it that it was young women that, and ushered in this scripture. You know, a lot of the women just didn't have the opportunities for education. And there's a lot of pressure points on women in general in these cultures. And so to have them, you know, as part of this, it kind of sent to me uh, the symbol that God's word is for everyone in this culture. And this translation could be used by every single person. And that meant a lot to me. I wanted to see it happen. And I felt like I was seeing it unfold in front of me. Yeah, I love hearing Sarah's story of the Comba New Testament dedication. You know, my own personal story in Lutheran Bible Translators is connected with the SLS being in the Comba project. And so that was very meaningful for me from a distance as well. And I love, again, just that emphasis on how do we show this is important in our culture. And then that additional aspect of the women are the ones that carried it in, symbolizing that this is for everyone and uh, how important that was for Sarah. And that is important that every time God's Word is translated and finds its home in a new language, and especially in the, the local language communities that are now waiting for God's Word, that's an important message that this is for you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the everyday of it, of, yeah. you know, this is a huge celebration. And yet, you know, thinking about Jesus, talking about that he is life, he is light, but he's also, you know, daily bread and you know that it is the sustenance and you know tied in with every facet of our lives and it you know with christmas right around the corner thinking about that the the angels appeared to the shepherds who are everyday people and that god's word incarnate is for the everyday for everyday people in their places and spaces in humble dwellings and in you know mighty palaces that God's word goes forth and that we are all equal in his sight. Yeah, and that's such a great point that the the everyday nature of things after a big mountaintop dedication type experience that, hey, this word of God is going to find a place in your everyday life is just part of the common Christian experience as well. Next up, we're going to hear from Botswana down in Southern Africa. Carl and Kelsey Grolke had a unique experience launching not a full Bible, not a New Testament, but just one of the books of the Bible. And we'll hear from them the excitement of that and why that's also important. One of the interesting launch events we got to be a part of was the launch of the Book of Mark in the language of Shiei. And it's called the Yei Bible Translation Project. And Mark was the first full book published in the Shiai language. And it was the book of Mark. And it was right during COVID. So March 2021 was time to launch. And Botswana kept very strict COVID protocols for a very long time. So there was rules like 
You can't have a meeting that goes over two hours. You can't serve lunch. You can't have more than 50 people at one meeting. Fortunately, meetings are often held outside, almost always held outside. So that was already taken care of. But for a launch, it would usually be an all-day event with lunch with hundreds of people. And that wasn't an option during COVID. So what we did, we started with a dedication in Maun at a big church and had just kind of a few people and then also had Zoom available for those who wanted to watch via Zoom. And that was kind of the blessing of the book. Same thing, uh, they brought the book up in a basket of um, wheat or millet to show that God's word is our bread, our daily bread, and we need it. And then from there, a couple of weeks later, a small team of us went out on a mini launch tour. So instead of having one big event, we went to 10 different villages and had meetings at each kotla. Kotla is the community meeting place, and that's where the chief holds court or solves disputes, does all the things that chiefs need to do. And we would have these meetings at all the different kotlas in these different villages, and we could keep it under two hours, we could keep it under 50 people, and we were able to have somebody say a few words. One of the cool things was that people that would not have been able to travel for a big launch event could easily make it since we were coming to their village. So these mini launches that weren't big day-long events really worked well. It also gave me the opportunity, my job is more in the scripture engagement end of things, and audio scriptures are very important to this people group because although most people can read, in school they're taught to read in Setswana, the national language, and in English. They're not taught to read their mother tongue. They're not taught to read Shiei. So it's not like they have to learn to read from scratch, but it is a whole new set of skills. We call it transfer literacy. So they have to get this whole new set of skills, including in Shiei, there are clicks. So you have to learn, okay, the C makes this click, the X makes this click, and it takes a while to learn those skills. So we used Scripture App Builder to create an app using the audio recording, which the team and I did, and then we could dump the files from the audio files in, dump the text files in, and then they, it highlights along together so that people who are just learning to read their language can both read and listen. And that was a huge hit. And another benefit of having these small launches was that I could help different people install the app or just the audio files on their phones because, you know, everyone's phone is different and everyone's going to have different problems with the SD card or with the Bluetooth transfer or however we're getting it to their phone. But it was nice to have the MP3 files and the app so that it could play on on a smartphone. Then you could actually see it highlighting along the text or anybody with any phone basically could play audio files through a micro SD card. I mean, even the very oldest people here have at least a very simple cell phone that can play MP3s. So we were able to kind of let lots of different people listen as well as read their new booklet. And that was really exciting. And from those events, we've received so much feedback that people are now reading their language. Just from having this one book available, from having Mark available in audio and in print, the team, when they go out on events to go to community checking so that they can check the New Testament translation before it's published, uh, when they go to these community checking events, 
it used to be that they would read it to the group and then the group would answer the questions about it. But now almost every village they visit, they have readers that are reading it to them just from this one book and this opportunity to do mini launches instead of our traditional big launch event. And now that even COVID restrictions are gone, we're kind of keeping the idea of these mini launches because they're so effective and so many more people are able to really engage with the Bible. And it's awesome to celebrate it for a day with lights and cameras and everything exciting, but it's even better to get people involved and using the scripture. We even listened to small portions of it during the event, and everybody was so excited to hear their language being played through a speaker to find out the Waiai are fishermen by trade. All like Traditionally, they fish along the Okavango River, and they were just so excited to really hear how important Jesus thought fishing was that his disciples were all fishermen. I asked them, we would listen to a beginning part of Mark when he's calling the disciples. And he, Jesus said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And I said, well, what's the most important thing you heard? And everybody said, they're fishermen. They're fishing. Everyone's fishing. And these people, they are called Watsara, is something they call themselves the water people. And so water and fish and all those things are so important to the Bayei. And being able to hear about that was so important and uh, so exciting to hear about in all the different villages. So this is a totally new kind of adaptation to have mini launches. Right. And we were really excited. They just launched with the Shiei language program, the the book of Matthew as well, just this week. And so just how amazing it is that we've not only pivoted, but also the impact of people having all of these resources together, that something that everyone can agree on was just devastating, you know, of like, okay, we can't meet all together and celebrate together as a, as a big group, but being able to make the most of it of people are not only having God's word, then this book published in their own language, but then also learning skills and, and being able to use that as the Bible translation goes on. Yeah. The, this idea of being sure to accelerate the publication of text, even when it's not a full new Testament. So the gospel of Mark is what Kelsey talked about. Gospel of Matthew was just launched. I just, it's, it's, shown to be very effective in raising community engagement and as you said to give those skills uh, as kelsey talked about how um, the literacy works and people start to use the tools and to publicize and to remind folks something's going on when a program takes as long as these do you know 10 years sometimes 15 years we heard about one 27 years you know that little infusion of hope and Mm -hmm. showing progress and giving the opportunity most importantly to already engage with god's word now that book of mark is god's word and those 16 chapters god has something to say to people Mm -hmm. and i love the incarnational nature of going to the villages Mm -hmm. and what I really liked about the mini events is that while there was a celebration, there was also the chance to just one-on-one sit with people on their phones to get them set up with the app mm-hmm. and uh, get that technology running. And that that being able to be close, ironically, because of COVID, right. <laughs> is, is really a beautiful thing. So... I know that for the mini launches, that that is something new, but 
the distribution of smaller chapters is not necessarily brand new. Sure. In your Shikalahari Bible Translation Program involvement, you guys actually did that, right? Yeah, in, in Botswana, the group of us that were there at the, the time of the Shikalahari Luke launch, which was about five or six years ago, we had come up with a concept that we called just-in-time distribution, basically, mm-hmm. meaning as soon as something has been consultant checked and is approved for publication, it should be published, printed, recorded, and distributed as an objective that we were going for. And so not only our project, other projects also did uh, similar things. But yeah, so the Shikalahari, the first full book they worked on was the Gospel of Luke. And the really exciting thing is the Shikalahari language community is about to launch their New Testament in that final stage now of typesetting and getting ready to publish. And it's really exciting that that'll be coming out next year. Yeah, and just it's awesome to see like the excitement that it builds up in the community as people become more and more familiar of not only that this is scripture, but it's a, like it is a means for them to be able to to grasp it in the language that they know best and to be excited and to share that with their community. And that's actually what we're focused on doing with Giving Tuesday. So this Giving Tuesday in 2022, our goal is to put God's word in the hands of 1,500 people. So 500 New Testaments uh, in the Shikalahari language community, 500 Kwedam Panorama Bibles, and then 500 of the complete Comba Bible. So these dedications are set to happen, Lord willing, in 2023. We ask for your prayers because supply chain issues, all the feelings from COVID, just praying for those barriers to be broken down. But so uh, 1,500 of these scriptures is $20,000. And so we just ask that as you are prayerfully considering how God might be calling you to participate in his mission and what he is doing to consider giving this Giving Tuesday. So pretty pretty small measure of an um, kind of sizable unit of $10 or $20 for a New Testament or a complete Bible if you want to get involved in that. Yeah, and it's so exciting that these programs are coming to these milestones. The Shikalahari, you know, Luke, it's been then a little while since something's uh, come out there and they are really excited for their New Testament there. And again, uh, likewise with the the Quedam and the Komba and our prayers for the work to reach that milestone and the excitement to build and and dedications, just like the ones you've heard described on this episode, forthcoming where, again, God's word in the hands of people, entering a new space, entering a new language, adding to the full expression of the Christian church as we all wrestle with God's word and in our languages, discover what God's saying to us. It's, It's really a beautiful thing and a great way for you to be involved again in Giving Tuesday this year at lbt.org slash giving tuesday you can take a look at all the great stuff that's happening and uh, we encourage you to pray about and give to put god's word in their hands thank you for listening to the essentially translatable podcast brought to you by lutheran bible translators you can find past episodes of the podcast at lbt.org slash podcast or subscribe on audible apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts Follow Lutheran Bible Translators' social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or go to lbt.org to find out how you can get involved in the Bible translation movement and put God's Word in their hands. The Essentially Translatable podcast is produced and edited by Andrew Olson. Our executive producer is Emily Wilson. Podcast artwork was designed by Caleb Rodewald and Sarah Radowski. 
Music written and performed by Rob Veit. I'm Richard Rudowski. So long for now.